Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andrew. Good morning, Joseph. How's uh, Freezer Bowl 2022? It's good, man. It started last night. The rain, the freezing rain, the sleet. About to get a lot of snow. Going to hole up. It was in honor of our conversation about Walt and the freezer bowl. He was like, I'll show you guys some ice. Which, by the way, I went back and I re-listened to that. So I, I, whether it's today, if we have time or next week, I want to play a little clip from it because oh, okay. it's got some good insight. It was only a 13 minute interview with my dad, but there's some good insight into where he was at and, uh, it was good for me to refresh my brain because we did that. It's like January 12th, 2018. So, you know, about four years ago and uh, it'll be some good insight into the Super Bowl. but I think it's probably best maybe for next week. I wanted to play like two or three minutes from it since we're going to have a full week to go over the Super Bowl. Yeah. And we have lots of stuff to discuss today, but yeah, man, the weather's hitting. I'm holding up debating what to watch. I think I might check out that new Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson show on Hulu. Okay. Have you seen previews or have, anything about I this? Seen, I have seen previews. Normally I don't watch much Hulu, but I think it looked, it looked interesting enough for me to waste some hours of my life, especially okay. if I can't really go anywhere. A little, a little early two thousands nostalgia for you. Yeah. I don't well for, for you and I it's cool like I just don't think the younger people understand how big that video was because it was basically the first celebrity porn video the OG I mean it literally started everything yeah are you gonna watch it probably not but uh you know maybe see how desperate I get Oh, so it's on the very low list of things very, to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen the previews. Not super intrigued. But, like, you know, for people who don't know about it, it's definitely worth watching because, yeah, like you said, it's definitely worth uh, – it's definitely responsible for a lot of – the like, we don't have the Kardashians if it weren't for sex tapes. We don't have Paris Hilton. We don't have, you know, maybe, like, celebrity culture in general and i think from what i read i read a full review on it that's kind of what they're saying their objective was that this really started everything of where we're at and obviously social media has accelerated everything but it, it is kind of fascinating in the fact that it, and i didn't even know this this is how ignorant i was i didn't know it was stolen from like a contractor by, by, yeah i was gonna say about like the plumber or something which Seth Rogen plays in this. Oh, that's hilarious. Series. So, you know, they got, they got some good actors. Nick Offerman's in it. Uh, Lily James plays. 
Pamela Lee, Pamela Anderson Lee, whatever her name is. I don't remember, but uh, Pamela Anderson Lee rock. You know, what's you know what I remember? You know, what th- it's funny how like we put ourselves like we remember where we were at certain things in life, whether it's pop culture or a big political thing happening or whatever it is. I specifically remember when I saw the news that they got married. I was in I was in high school. I was in the basement watching like MTV. And remember, they do the MTV news break. Sure. Kurt Loder and Kurt Loder popped on Serena Alchel. Oh, good Dean reference. Yago. Oh, you're going you're going deep. And that was it. I was and of watching. course, the great John Norris. Oh, yeah. I was watching something on MTV, whether it was music video or in a show or something. And Kurt Loder popped on. And he said that Pamela Anderson had married Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee. And I was like, what? What is happening? What? They got married? Like a secret marriage. They'd only been together for a few days in Mexico. And I was like, who knew a young Andy Ruther was such a celeb news junkie? What? What? (laughs) I wasn't. I was just shocked. And, And think about that. We learn everything from Twitter now. I learned it from MTV News, uh, a breaking MTV News with Kurt Loder. With the time was only 75, but still you didn't know that. Yeah. Now he's 420 years old. So I I think I'm going to check that out. But now we get our news, Joe. I love love this is where the dirty sports is at now. Now we're talking about what Andy might watch. You have a review? Well, no, but I have a preview. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I like to give insight to people that are our age or older, and also for the younger crowd, again, who don't understand this. It's just how much the times have changed. And now we learn things like when you're gone, like I was gone, I didn't even know what was going on with Brian Flores. I wasn't on my phone. And then Randy Ruther sent a text Randy. to you and I, and I have no clue what he was talking about. And then I got home like an hour later and then I hop on Twitter. And of course that's where you learn everything. Yeah. That's a wild one, huh? Brian Flores. <clears throat> Hope the lawsuit goes well, because if Colin Kaepernick's any sign, you're never coaching again. It's nuts, man. There's, there's a lot of layers to this. Yeah. And I didn't realize how young he was. You talk about risking your entire career, like you just mentioned. It is a Colin Kaepernick-esque move from a coach that we've never seen before. He's only 40 years old. I think both you and I... He's a man. I think both you and I agree he's a good coach. He led Miami to their first back-to-back winning seasons since 2002-2003. So I think we both also agreed, correct me if I'm wrong, that he was unjustly fired. A guy who was having success on an organization that has been bad the last 20 years. And realistically, since Marino retired. And drops this class action lawsuit which again has a lot of layers first there's the racial discrimination against minority and in particular black head coaches or the opportunity of black head coaches in the nfl 
You want to start there? I, th- I say we just start there. Sure. I think I think we need to start there because that's sort of like the headline that they ran with, that this was the thing and, and the, the Belichick uh, texts were included in a lot of the stories, uh, like the, the forefront, a lot of stories. I, I think there's a lot more that came out in this that's really way more important. Um, but... You know, the sad thing is, and I know I'm a woke cuck, uh, according to some of our listeners, but we've said before on the show, and I'll say again, I have absolutely like no doubt that the billionaire white owners are probably the majority of them are probably racists. I have no no problem saying that whatsoever. And I have no problem saying that there are for sure owners out there who are like, I don't care if you, whoever you may be, think this guy is the most qualified. I don't want a black coach. I don't want a black quarterback. I mean, we, we've, you know, there's tons of words written about the lack of black coaches and lack of black quarterbacks historically. And I think that is 100% due to racism. That being said, the Rooney rule as the answer to that is the dumbest shit of all time. It is the dumbest fucking thing ever. And essentially, the lead of the story is kind of a Rooney rule like faux pas, which is essentially, and everybody with a brain knows it, the Giants hire a GM from Buffalo essentially doing, and and this had been reported for weeks going into the Giants coaching search that they wanted to do a GM head coach pairing. So the second Shane or whatever, however you pronounce his name, Shane, I believe it's Shane gets hired. uh, You knew Dayball was coming. And so then They've got to still hire. They still got to interview guys that they're not going to hire white or black to just make it seem like they're doing their due diligence and coaching, even though they already gave away their hand by hiring the GM they did. But then specifically, they've got to interview black candidates because there's a rule that you have to hire or interview a minority candidate for every single coaching position. It's just a dumb rule. It's just a dumb rule. And, you know, you see this so much in in the NFL and in coaching that, oh, this guy was going to go there, but then this guy got an interview first. And this guy was going to go there, but then they talked to this guy. It's like they knew they had the guy they wanted. They essentially interviewed him, told him the job was his, and then were like, you know the deal. We've got to we've got to interview other people. And then Bill Belichick, of all people, sends the whoopsie text, which I'll say that is also that's more on the Giants still than it is Belichick, because for some reason, and I know he won two Super Bowls as our defensive coordinator. I know he has a good relationship with the Giants organization still. But for some reason, the Giants for two decades have treated Bill Belichick. Like he's still like coaching for their team. Like he's still like a member of their family 
Like he's still, like, I get that Belichick loves New York and loves the Giants and probably is always like, I'm, I'm here to help any way I can, but maybe we shouldn't be telling head coaches in the league who we've hired before we've actually hired them. That just seems like a failure from a fucking, you know, ownership standpoint. But that being said, I think that was the leading. That was like the headline. And it's kind of dumb. Well, first of all, it's hilarious that he texted the wrong Brian. Like, like I tweeted out. I mean, for those who watch succession, that's straight up. Yeah. You know, but also what is his, what is his phone book look like? Does he just have coach Brian in there? Yeah. Oh shit. I texted coach Brian. I meant to text coach Brian. It's like I mean, you, t- it's like you back in the day t- texting Ashley Tinder. You're like, fuck, I have 40 of them in here. Hope this goes to the right one. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty funny exchange. Belichick says to Brian Flores, sounds like you've landed. Congrats. He says, did you hear something I didn't hear? Belichick writes giants. Flores writes, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Belichick writes, got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it too. Flores writes, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. And then Flores realized, wait a second. Is he texting? The right- the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He says, coach, are you texting to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. I love Belichick's response. Sorry, I fucked this up. I double checked and misread the text. I think they're naming Dable. I'm sorry about that, BB. Thanks, Bill. How do you think Belichick feels? He didn't. He didn't know these messages were going to be published, right? Not the only thing. Nothing makes him look bad. Just that he texted the wrong person. It's not like he said right. anything right. inflammatory or anything. But why are Buffalo or New York telling Bill Belichick who they're hiring? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's like any profession, right? I, th- I think it's a, it's a small circle. I'm assuming. I think this is just another like, dude. Bill Belichick's just sniffing around everywhere he can sniff around. This guy's unbelievable. That's why he's the best, though. Yeah, and and by the way, shout out to uh, number one New Jersey dirtball Kyle Aronofsky, who reminded me of something the other day, and uh, I have to give him credit for the reminder because you know, on this show, I do these episodes, I black out. And then people are like, what did you say today? I'm like, I have no idea. But he reminded me of something I said. Do you remember the Belichick filming the Bengals sidelines a couple years ago? Yeah. He, he was like, ultimate W for you, Pray Now. You said this isn't about the current Bengals. This is about Bill Belichick being so sick that he plans for like years into the future. And dude, now the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and he's got, he's got film on Zach Taylor's sidelines going back Two years now. He does. That's right. I mean, w- Patriots fans ever. I know Patriots fans having a, having a rough week. Tom Brady didn't suck their nuts when he retired. But uh, never forget, Bill Belichick can't stop, won't stop cheating. <laughs> well, again, I just think he, you know, he's got his hands in a lot of things, whether whether some are illegal. He's or- literally like he, he he thought that text message exchange was going to start. He thought he was texting Dable. And he was just like, congrats on the giant job. And then he was going to be like, no, thanks, coach. Couldn't have done it without you. He's like, great. What kind of what, what, what kind of front you guys think you're going to run next year? This is great. You like you like Jones? 
how are you going to use all those receivers? And Dable's like, I mean, coach, yeah, I mean, this is a great job. I mean, I definitely have weapons. He's, and he's just like fucking writing everything down. Yeah, but again, what, what's, what cell service you use, by the way? Not that I'm trying to hack your phone, but the, your text came through as green and not blue. I'm just trying to wonder, you know, I'm just wondering if I were going to use a satellite to read all of your playbook, which phone <laughs> I would use. Coach, did you mean to send this to somebody on your own staff? Because that's why he's the goat, man. Right. Like, you know, it it goes, it covers everything. You talked about the Rooney rule and the Rooney rule has been around, I think, since 2003. My 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 counter to that, though, and I'm not like the biggest fan of it as well, but I I just don't know. Like, what do they have to put in place? You you know, you see the arguments and and I'm so sick of seeing like under every story. If you read any of the comments and I I'll do that from time to time. I'm so sick of seeing like, like, like the counter. Well, first of all, I'll say this. There's 32 teams in the NFL. The league is about 70 to 75% black. The players, the fact that there's only currently one black head coach, like that's a problem. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to go on record saying that's a problem. This isn't about just giving somebody a job because of the color of their skin. I'm saying a league where the workforce, i.e. the players are three fourths black you should have more black head coaches because i think it's actually good for teams and good for the league so i think i'm just going to go on record saying that like to have only one is a problem i hate when people counter because this is the most ignorant counter you'll see people being like oh well three-fourths of the league is black we need more white players like that that's just a completely stupid out of left field has nothing to do with it but it brings us back to how yeah, I'm not even, how, I'm not even ever, like it. That's so dumb. How do they correct what seems to be a clear and evident problem of minority coaches not getting hired slash not getting the opportunity or being one and done, so to speak, where they don't get a second opportunity? I mean, yeah, I think I think the the bottom line is the pool of coaches is so white and that these guys get hired and fired like guys get hired and fired so quickly in the NFL, just in general, that I think if you look over the last few years, I feel like black coaches have gotten opportunities, but then they're done. And then it's like, well, now we've run through. Brian Flores and Jim Caldwell and Hugh Jackson and blah, blah, blah. And now you're like, well, if I'm not doing a retread, where do I start? Not saying that there's not, you know, the Eric B enemies of the world out there, that there's not like plenty of black coaches in the pipeline. But I think, I still think it's something where you're, you're battling, you're battling sort of racist owners and like a talent pool of coaches that is still very white. And so I don't really know the answer other than, you know, uh, teams hiring black coaches because they're the most qualified, those coaches having success and you seeing a turn. I mean, you can go back 15 years in the NFL and who were black quarterbacks. I mean, it would be a thing where it was like, you didn't have, you had like, they, they treated black quarterbacks like it was a novelty. Yeah, you know? no, I no, I know. And, I, I, and now we're brother, at the point where you have where you have black quarterbacks because they got opportunities and they sure. succeeded. And now people are like, no, of course. 
Yeah. My, 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 I've had, I actually had this conversation. He's not even a sports guy, but like my oldest brother has talked about that. He said when, when more moon came out, like, like came into the NFL, that was like the biggest deal ever. Yeah. Like it was shocking. They're like, dude, they, they Oilers have a black quarterback in the eighties. And it was such a big deal. And like you said, now, you know, you can make the argument like the best quarterbacks in the NFL in a large part are black, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just think it, it'll be interesting how this lawsuit plays out because I'm not a legal expert, but I think, you know, how do you prove this now? It gets well, kind you of can certainly you can certainly prove that the Giants gave like, him a token they, hire, or I'm sorry, a token a, token right. interview, right? So, but th- again, that's kind of like to me that's gonna that's the part of the story that's getting a lot of the headlines, but it's like the least interesting part of the story. It's like the Giants and whoever else trying to not lose their guy when every year ten teams are looking for a coach. And but also at the same time, they all have to agree to hire to interview guys to extend their interview process to interview guys that they don't even necessarily want to hire. Yeah, not that the Giants shouldn't have considered Flores. I I thought Flores was going to be the hire right out of the gate, but then you you hire the Buffalo GM and you're like, oh, this is what's happening. Like sure. this is clearly the process. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. And, and it seems like we also agree to me, the biggest bombshell, like I'm not shocked by the racism claims. I mean, that, I mean, that's the joke. And the irony is the NFL is no different than another corporation who just, they, they give these fluff pieces to appease like the end racism in the NFL in the end zone, which is hilarious, right? They, they give those, those little fluff pieces, I would call them to appease certain people, which in reality does nothing. That's no different than any other major corporation in 2022. But the big bomb to me was that he was offered a hundred thousand dollars by the Dolphins owner to lose per game, a hundred grand per game to lose. Now this is a bombshell and this could shake up the future of the NFL, whether they go to a lottery like the NBA, because there's billions of dollars at stake here. I mean, I mean, you can't understate that with now that gambling is basically legal and they have partnerships and how like, like let me just put it this way for, for people to understand this. If he's offered a hundred grand per game to lose, let's go back to that second to last game of the year that we talked about last episode, how franchises changed. The Bengals were losing to the Dolphins in Miami, 28 to 12. Andy Dalton leads a fourth quarter comeback when they're down 16. They end up losing in overtime. Think if he had lost that. If if the Bengals had won that game, they don't get Joe Burrow. Yeah. And literally three years later, they're in the Super Bowl. So that allegation is huge because it really does matter. And now, whether you believe it or not, Hugh Jackson is saying the same thing happened in Cleveland, although I hate to be skeptical, but I yeah. kind of am. Yeah. It's like me claim. It's like me saying, you know, after the fact, like, uh, you know, uh, listen uh, to all the women I've dated before. You need to know I was I was getting money. I was, I was being handed money to leave my hair all over our bathrooms. Like, I'm sorry. It's just uh, something that happened. Uh, and they were like, oh, I thought it was just because you are a piece of shit. And it was ever I'm like, no, nope, sorry. It was a. Uh, 
you know, I was, I was being offered money. It's like Hugh Jackson was losing every fucking game. The idea that he needed money to lose. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, yeah, like you said, the gambling aspect of it, the draft capital of it. I mean, we know teams, I mean, the Eagles straight up openly did it two years ago. Yeah. They said, we want to lose games on purpose. We're going to lose the final game on purpose for multiple reasons. So we're, it, it gets into the point again, where we know this happens, but like the idea that coach, the, the idea that owners are paying guys to do it. It's like, I agree with you. I think when you get into a draft situation, you know, I sent you a great video for a couple of weeks ago about the idea of fixing drafts by saying the team's, that have the highest um, attendance should get draft picks instead of based on record. So essentially like support teams, the the teams that have the most fan support should get it. So then fans essentially have a part of deciding, you know, where do they fall in the draft? Like, even if we suck, we should go to games. Yeah, that was a, I thought that was a really interesting idea. It was an interesting idea. And I said it would work. It, it works great for baseball because, you know, the draft kind of doesn't mean anything. And you so desperately need fans at the end of the year when you stink. So the, the true baseball fan who's like, if we go to more games, we'll get better draft picks. Great football. The, the, the kind of the problem with football is most games sell out anyway. I mean, we're still talking about, we're still talking about, why don't Detroit fans stop going to the games? And then Detroit Reddit's like, what are we supposed to do? Not enjoy $25 hot dogs just because we suck. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Stop going to fucking games. <laughs> um, but like, there's got to be a way to handle this where the tanking, because we've, and we've certainly seen it in the NBA. Sure. But, and we, and, and I think we, kind of i mean we've seen it we've seen it without blatantly seeing i mean obviously not as everybody not everybody is as dumb as the philadelphia eagles we're just like hey we're blowing football games because we want higher draft picks and we hate the giants not every franchise is run by such clear idiots but um we've certainly seen it i mean peyton manning goes out and they're like what if curtis painter just starts the whole season you know what i mean yeah, no, it's like a wink and a nod. Uh, but there's got to be a way to handle this because you don't want, especially in the NFL, you don't want any sort of tanking happening from an executive or coaching level because I think who that hurts the most is the players. Getting injured when your team is tanking but you don't know it is, I mean, that's that would be the worst crime of anything we've talked about. Some guy yeah. has a career-ending knee injury because the coach is running plays that he doesn't want to work. And, and, and that's why I do think this is a bombshell and that this, you know, the NFL's let's do air quotes, is investigating the matter, which is a bunch of horseshit, as we know. We still don't have 6,000 emails released from the Washington, air quotes again, commanders, you know, so I don't trust any of that shit. I do believe Brian Flores. I 100% believe him. I don't think he's just going to make up a story that Ross offered him a hundred grand per game to lose. I, I don't think he's making that up. Why would yeah. he make that up? 
No. And I think they'll be able to provide tangible evidence. Now, again, Hugh Jackson is a different story. Okay, Hugh, you're claiming the Browns are the same thing. I need evidence, man. I just think you were a shitty head coach. Yeah. And the other thing that he said. But but here's <clears throat> here's the thing with Flores and Hugh Jackson. It's like, if Hugh Jackson was getting paid to lose games, then why did he lose his job? Flores, I guess it makes a little more sense if you're like, hey, you didn't want to lose games and get the quarterback we wanted. And then you won a bunch of games, but then you didn't even win enough to make the playoffs in the coming years. So now you, you kind of fucked yourself on both levels. You kind of refused to tank, but you also kind of refused to win enough. So seems like you're just going to be impossible for us to manage. And also, you know, you have some internal issues in the locker room, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, what's going to happen because Belichick did this. Because Belichick got this whole thing started. The only job he's going to get in the NFL again, he's just going to hire Flores. He's going to hire Flores back on his staff. And then Flores will be the next head coach in New England eventually. So that's that Daniel is gone. So here's, an, here's something interesting. Let's not forget that season. I just pulled it up. The Dolphins started 0 7 that season. Yeah. Sorry, 0 8. I don't know if you remember that Flores then went five and three down the stretch. Right. Which remember everybody was saying, what, I, I mean, even the, even the, even I was saying, I remember, what are you doing? You started and eight. Like Flores was clearly trying to win games, but they had a shit roster. They right. had a terrible roster and your boy started playing, balling out your boy fits. Yeah. Started balling out. They went five of their last eight games. But what's also interesting kind of lost in all this is that supposedly Dolphins owner Stephen Ross also set up a meeting for Flores to meet on his yacht with Tom Brady when he was a free agent, which would have been 100% illegal. Right. And supposedly Flores left. He's like, I'm not being a part of this. You can't meet with a free agent. This is against the rules. Look, you don't Flores, become- Flores was a few years removed from that New England culture. Tom Brady, still still a patriot at the time, was like, yeah, dude, backdoor yacht meetings. Of course. And honestly, the the great thing will be that uh, Bill is making me wear a wire because he's not going to let me go unless I wear a wire and talk to you about your offensive schemes. What are we planning? Because Flores, uh, if you could just talk into my chest here about <laughs> what what your offensive schemes will be next year. Well, I know you're making a joke, but, but Brady was a free agent at the time. Yeah. So he'd left New England. But I want people to think about this. If anyone out there is saying, oh, I don't trust Flores, Flores, why should I trust him? Why should you ever trust a billionaire? You know, they're denying it. You don't get to be a billionaire. I don't think people fully realize the difference because I hate seeing this, especially when it's discussing millionaires versus billionaires, which we see right now, with the baseball lockout. I hate when people are like, Oh, millionaires versus billionaires. Fuck yeah, them all. Yeah, totally. It's, it's like you have no concept of money. You have none. It's, it's, yeah. It's it's like saying millionaires versus thousandaires. Yeah. You have no concept of money. A guy whose net worth is $50 million, does that can go. You can lose that. Yeah. Doesn't compare to the guy who's worth a billion dollars. No, so, it would be the it would be the exact if there was a grocery bagging uh strike, it would literally be like, oh, here we go. Thousandaires versus versus millionaires. Uh, some grocery store owners. Well, I mean, come on. 
It's not like those baggers don't have money. It's like the, it is the literal exact same thing. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and I hate when people say that. But my point I was trying to say was he's a billionaire for a reason. Like maybe I sound jaded or pessimistic. You don't get to be a billionaire unless you do shady shit. Probably a lot of times bad shit. That's how you get to be a billionaire. I'm not saying all of them are like that. I'd say probably the majority. So I guarantee Stephen Ross is doing these sort of things because he's made an entire career off it. That's how he became wealthy. And I trust Flores 100%. And the NFL is brilliant. You, you've said this a lot, and you're right, at the PR spin. So we'll see where this goes. Because well, 90- I'm pretty sure we know where this goes. John Gruden will somehow be fired again. <laughs> and they're like, nothing to see here. John Gruden's going to jail. He's like, what is going on here? I mean, what's happening? I don't even coach in this league anymore. You're going to come at me? I didn't even like Tua. If they leak more John Gruden emails, that would yeah. be awesome. Well, guys, I know that if, if if in the next week it comes out, John Gruden has a foot fetish. You're going to know exactly what's happening here. He's like, what is going I mean, I'm not even in this goddamn league anymore. <laughs> I'm out here, you know, trying to put together a fucking jam band, Spider 2Y Banana. And, and I'm not even coaching football. You guys are coming at me. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's going to get pretty juicy. I don't know. I, I think, I think now would be the, uh, a good time to, uh, maybe, maybe kick back Joe, crack a few cold Miller lights and see what's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. If I, if I, <laughs> if I was Brian Flores right now, I'd be kicking back with a couple Miller lights and just being like, well, this should work out. Uh, I mean, yeah, what dude, Andy, we're in that, we're in that two week period leading up to Super Bowl. I mean, everybody should be drinking Miller lights just in preparation for the big game. That's right. And to be honest, if you're a local in like the greater Cincinnati area, everything's closed today. Now is the time to have your Miller light delivered because you, you just, you can't get it in the stores. And uh, the great news is, Joe, we have a uh, we have a website for that, don't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been doing this for a few years. Sorry, I, w- I went full CTE mode. If you went to MillerLife.com forward slash Dirty Sports, it's that easy. You can just have it shipped over to your house, guys. Miller Lite is made from simple ingredients for people who love the taste of beer. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So you just, you know, it's funny. This Flores stuff is huge. And Tom Brady retired, and it, it's kind of fallen in the back. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the Tom Brady retirement story was Tom Brady retires, Tom Brady not retiring, Tom Brady retires, doesn't thank the Patriots. That became the whole thing, and it's like, 
that was, I, 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 I kind of, I feel sad. I, I, I would never say this, but I feel sad for Patriots fans. Is this where you guys are at these days? Like, I don't usually feel bad for you guys, but like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Why did he not thank them? Because he thanked them when he left the Patriots. But is this a purposeful? Yeah, clearly. That's Honestly, what I'm saying. It's That's the first thing. It's the first thing in 15 years that makes me like Tom Brady. I'm here for that sort of pettiness. He wanted to finish his career with the Patriots. The Patriots and Belichick had different ideas. The whole thing, it went sour. He leaves. He goes, he wins the Super Bowl with another team. Dude, he's retiring from the Bucs. You got, like, now you want, you didn't want to keep him, but you want him to act like he's was a Patriot his whole career? Sorry. You know, not every quarterback can be Eli Manning. Once a giant, always a giant, only a giant, you know? He, we know he could have found work somewhere in some regard. And he, he was like, I don't want to do that. I want to only be a giant. Tom Brady and it, the relationship went sour, whatever. He went out and he did his thing. And he showed you guys. And now he owes you. You're like, you fired him and he owes you a thanks. Well, obviously, he's going into the Hall of Fame as a Patriot. I mean, do they even, I don't even think they do that, right? Yeah, it's not like baseball. You're right. So it's different. It's pretty petty, man. Yeah, good. So, so fucking cutting, essentially, the guy who won you six Super Bowls. Well, I mean, listen, you know me. I'm a Belichick guy. I'm a, like, I think it was the combo. I think it's a million things, like, whatever but like you can't have it both ways if you're the patriots so what i i couldn't believe this was a thing i mean and and i mean patriots answer so butthurt so butthurt well that doesn't surprise me no of course not they're the, they, they're the kings of butthurt that they would be butthurt and i also think patriots fans when you're so spoiled with success of that period, unlike any we've ever seen in NFL history, and you know, basically a 20 almost a 20 year period of success, I don't think you realize the other side, and they're starting to see that how hard it is to win and how hard it is to, to consistently play four Super Bowls, make AFC championships, all those things. It's so hard, and now they're in a conference that's loaded with quarterbacks and young talented quarterbacks that are not going anywhere. And Mac Jones could become really good. I, I think he's got a high ceiling. I think he's nice. He also fits that system nice, but you know, you're in a tough division. I mean, as far as against Buffalo twice a year, right. Yeah. And at the end of the day though, you know, Brady, what he did, I just, we're never going to see that again. I mean, we could maybe not. I just don't think in our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it'll it's it's not the most unbreakable thing that we'll ever see in terms of sports again. But 
yeah, it's not like winning Super Bowls is hard, man. Winning Super Bowls is hard. I mean, you look at Mahomes for AFC championship games at home in a row. He's got one Super Bowl to show for it. You know, Andy Reid, three for nine in conference. Championship. It's hard. It's hard. That's that's the that's the thing. Everything's got to kind of go go right for you. And listen, does it help if you kind of force things to go right behind the scenes? Sure. Sure. It helps. Uh, but like, it's honestly something we're not even going to see because we got whistleblowers and a million cameras everywhere. Now you can't just like film the Bengal sidelines anymore without getting caught. But, um, yeah, like it's insane. I mean, Tom Brady, the bottom line is you can think whatever you want to think about who's the greatest football player of all time and who's the best quarterback of all time. But you can't argue that Tom Brady has the best resume in the history of the NFL from a playing standpoint. There's no, no one has a better resume than Tom Brady. And I've never once argued that. And in his final year, he still, I mean, it's what his final year, he led the NFL in touchdown passes and yards his final year. Now he didn't go on top a Super Bowl champ, but like statistically, which the guy who leads in yards and has never done. (laughs) Yeah. But but I'm saying statistically, like he was right there. So it's not like it's, you know, and this is not I'm not trying to take a diss at him because he's so great, but it's not the Peyton Manning. I mean, I mean, people forget. People really forget. And I think we might actually have a thing for this next week. Tyler Hawkins and I were discussing this like people forget how bad Peyton Manning was that last year. And I'm not trying to take a diss, but he got benched for Brock Osweiler for I think six or eight games like if you look at his numbers and I, again i think we might go over this next week i mean i mean there's an argument to made that peyton manning had the worst super bowl numbers of a winning quarterback ever yeah like, like it was it was that bad it was and but it, it, you know it's sort of uh like the peyton manning brady thing and it'll let forever be kind of a debate you know for people who like look past the Super Bowl trophies and look past the, you know, raw numbers and whatever is like, it's kind of a perfect, the the last year of Peyton Manning's career and the last year of Tom Brady's career are the perfect example of why, you know, the title of game manager or the title of like MVP or whatever is like, it's so, it's so kind of not important when it comes to winning because, Tom Brady, all the years that Peyton Manning led, led the league in passing for the Colts, he had one Super Bowl to show for it. All the years Tom Brady was quote unquote game managing in New England, he has how many Super Bowls to show for it? Then you flip the script. Then the Broncos have the defense and the Broncos have the whatever. And Peyton Manning can go out there and play the worst season of any Super Bowl winning quarterback ever and still win while sure. Tom Brady in his last year can throw for over 5,000 yards and lead the league in passing touchdowns and not play in the NFC championship game. So it's like, yeah, you want the, the quarterback, like a quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, like Peyton Manning, they'll get you to every single AFC championship game for a while, but you need to have more than that. Yeah. I know, I know. It's it's uh, it's tough to find that balance, and I was thinking the other day. You just mentioned Mahomes. He obviously signed that huge deal. Like, where does it go from here? 
because you can't keep everybody. And they did for the most part so far. Yeah. But there's because, been- because his contract doesn't like kick in in terms of like how much of the cap it, it number it affects yet. Yeah. That's why people are like, I had somebody come at me early in the year and say, hey, uh, you're blaming everything on Patrick Mahomes, but look at this. First of all, his cap number is not that big. And also, and I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing when you talk about guys like that. Great players don't sign contracts for one year and two years. Great players sign contracts long-term. So the Chiefs, also have to consider his cap number down the line and be like, who can we get right now that can play these positions and not be tied to? And that, so it's like all every Chiefs fan's like, it's not really Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's Sorensen. And you're like, yeah, the if the Chiefs had money 10 years from now, they wouldn't be signing guys like that for one year and two years to just be a, a placeholder because it's the best they can get for the money. Yeah. Well, with the with that mentality, again, in the first four years, how important that rookie deal is. That's why. I mean, I can't reiterate it enough for all those Bengals fans out there. You got to win now. Like, this is your chance. And, and again, I just keep talking to people in Cincinnati, and it's wild to me how quickly things have changed. How everyone's like, we're going to be the shit for 10 years. I'm not saying the Bengals aren't. You know, Joe Burrow could win four Super Bowls, but – but he might not be in another one ever again. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brett Favre, two combined Super Bowls in 30 years. I'm saying you got to win now. There's n- nothing is guaranteed. And I, I think having that mindset is, is important for a lot of these young rookie deals in the first four years. I mean, Rodgers won in his third year. Russell Wilson won in his second year. What have they like? What have they done since? I, I, I'm just saying, you know, it, Brady is the outlier. Like no one is doing what Tom Brady did, right? And it, it it's also, you know, it goes again to the Tom Brady. Like, if you look at the Tom Brady career arc, it was like, well, he didn't have. I think I think they're one of the Super Bowl runs he threw a touchdown pass like in the whole Super Bowl run or two touchdown passes in the whole Super Bowl run. It's like when you have a guy like that, you you don't go, okay, now let's give him the moon. And listen, I, I know I'm the I'm I'm the world's foremost Russell Wilson truther, but like this is what we're talking about. It's like when you look back at Russell Wilson's first five years, his playoff or his his defenses were ranked like one, one, two, three, and five or something like that. And then he has, he gets the huge deal. And now it's, uh, maybe we should let Russ cook because we can't stop it. It's like, this is not, this is not the blueprint that you guys made. This is not how you do it. This is, this is bad. And you look at even Tom Brady's career in new England. I would almost argue that the, that the, um, the Rams Super Bowl, kind of a weird outlier. I mean, you have the you have the end of the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. You have an offense that's run by a rookie 
or not a rookie, but like a young quarterback who's since gone on to be shown as kind of fraudulent and they get, they get shut down. Right. But otherwise through those, through the last few years in new England, you have them flipping the script and not being the run the ball check down, whatever Tom Brady's doing a little bit more. And it's like, Oh, you know, if, if I, I heard somebody tell me the other day, if Belichick was such a defensive guru, how come the fucking Eagles put up three, however many 500 yards of offense and the points they did. And it's like, listen, this, the latter half of Tom Brady's Patriots career, they, they went to let's get Gronk. Let's get Hernandez. Let's get him all these weapons. Let's be an offensive juggernaut. Let's, you know, blow teams out. And it didn't really work. You spent the money toward later in Tom Brady's career. They're giving him more and more money. I know he's still giving them kind of team ish friendly deals, but in terms of just stockpiling Super Bowl appearances and wins, the strategy that worked better for them was game manager Tom. Well, yes and no. I mean, early on, yeah, I'm, I just pulled it up. He threw one touchdown pass, the first Super Bowl run. Run. In three games. He didn't even average 200 yards a game. I mean, that's, that's wild. So he averaged in the first Super Bowl run, he averaged 190 yards a game. Now, again, that was very young Tom Brady. Now, it is crazy, though. His first three, now the next one, he increases. The next two, he's five touchdowns in the three games. But, like, nothing insane, you know, as far as the third Super Bowl. He didn't average 200 yards a game in those three games. Like, he definitely started airing it out towards the the latter part of his career, but he still did get a couple, you know, he got a couple chips when they aired it out is what I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying you have in terms of their high powered offense, they have a loss to the giants. I'm, I'm talking post that they've, you're talking guess, like Randy Moss era. Well, you got, you have two losses to the giants. You have a loss to the Eagles, right? In the Super Bowl, you you can say all you want. Oh, Tom Brady and the Patriots and the greatest comeback ever and blah, 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 blah. Dude, they, that game was lost. They needed, they needed a miracle to win that Falcons game. They needed a miracle. The, the, the Rams game, you're almost not even supposed to be in that game. And then you get lucky and you have, you get to play a 13, six game or whatever it is against 13, three. Like, yeah. 13, three game because you have this uh, this rookie, essentially idiot quarterback on the other side, who's obviously again proven to be fraudulent. Then they can't get anything going. It's like you look at just the quality from from first half to second half and across the whole board. Forget just the Super Bowl wins and losses, but I'm telling you, Bill. You ask Bill Belichick, you know if I didn't have to pay this guy all this money and if I didn't have to kind of adjust things to like keep him doing what he was doing and, and all that, like the blueprint was what, that what they've reverted to is Mac Jones. But, but again, so, so they won three. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they won three with quote unquote more game manager, Tom Brady. And they also won three with Brady letting it loose. So it's kind of half and half. Yeah. But, but again, I would argue if you just look at the, 
if you look at the where the losses came and if you look at the wins that if you look at two of the three wins they did get in that era, it's like the ball bounced their way a little bit. Sure. But I think it, you know, it does for any dynasty or it does for any great quarterback. I mean, I mean, hell, like nobody's going to get this reference, but if you go back to that, that Bengals 49ers epic Super Bowl with Montana's comeback, he threw an interception right away. I don't know. Do you remember the play to Lewis Billups literally right in his hands? Yeah. Game's over. There's no, there's no Montana comeback, which who knows where his legacy goes. Cause he ends up winning. I think what, after that two more, but my point is like people get breaks, good teams get breaks that, you know, that yeah, I'm not even talking about getting breaks. I'm talking about, if you look at it, like, you know, where, where was the eight straight, you know, AFC championship games and where was the, whatever, like toward the end, especially, I mean, in Tampa Bay last year, in the, in the Titans game in his last one versus the Patriots, it's like in the end, the, you know, we're not really there defensively. We don't have a strong team. This is all on Tom Brady. They, they got caught a couple times. Yeah. No, and, for and, sure. not, and he still, he still has the greatest resume of all time. I'm just saying you look at these teams. Now Mahomes got paid. Allen's going to have to get paid. Burrow's going to have to get well, paid. Allen did get paid already. Right. These guys are all going to have to get paid and, you won't see it right away, but you'll see it eventually. I, I mean, see what you're saying. Again, from the Russell Wilson standpoint, oh, they he kept making the playoffs. He kept making the playoffs. Okay, but he's not winning playoff games. And now he's missing the playoffs. It's like these contracts, as you get deeper and deeper into them, and you're like, I'm still paying this guy. It quickly goes from like, man, we have a great young quarterback to, man, what do we do now? Are we trading him? Are we keeping him? And, and proof. I, I still can't I can't believe the entire knowledgeable NFL fan base isn't Kirk Cousins is the poster child for don't overpay for mediocrity. Yeah. Josh Allen isn't mediocre. No, Josh Mahomes isn't mediocre. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Well, we're, a lot of this we'll discuss next week when we pre- when we preview the Super Bowl, and uh, I just want to let everybody know that FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Six, and to celebrate, new customers can bet five dollars to win two hundred and eighty dollars in cash on either team to win when they use promo code Dirty when registering. That's right, you'll get your winnings in cold hard cash. Like Randy Moss used to say, straight cash, homie, because we know cash is always better than free bets. So this is a great offer. You guys should take advantage of it. So uh, you can go onto the app. They're, they already have tons of tons of great uh, parlays and uh, prop bets. That's the word I'm looking for. They got tons of prop bets, which Joe and I will be going over next week. And uh, they have great promotions for new and existing customers and there'll be some fun ones again that we will go over a week from today. So don't miss your chance to turn $5 into $280 in cash. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code DIRTY to make every moment more make every moment more this Super Bowl. That's kind of interesting. Anyway, again, promo code DIRTY exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 and older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, 
New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus of $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee set it correct. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms for sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, which is 467369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. I've already got my Odell Beckham Jr. Super Bowl MVP bet in on FanDuel. Just want everybody to know. Love I knew it. Into FanDuel. I knew it. I saw I, I saw that. And I was like, Joe's gonna Joe's gonna take this right away. I, I knew you would do that. Was there any other NFL news? Oh yeah. I alluded to it earlier. I don't have much to say. You probably don't either. The Washington football team is now the Washington Commanders. Stupid. Uniform design, stupid. It's, honestly, it's just, I, I can't believe. these. This is one of those decisions where it's like, billionaire is going to billionaire. He talks to three people. Like, talk to anybody, dude. The commanders. No, this is another one with like, who approved? No one's got Washington commies. No one figured that out right out of the gate. Washington, what are, what's our nickname going to be? The comms, the commies, the commandos. It's going to be a lot of people coming with no underwear on to our games. Like, what the fuck? The Washington commanders. Also, they redid the uniforms. The uniforms look horrible. The uniforms. What was wrong with the Washington football team's uniforms? I, I really grew to like Washington football team. Okay. Yeah. And, but also like, the, no, but like, like I thought it was classic uniforms in NFL yeah, history, right? And I thought it was unique. I'm saying the name. I thought it was kind of unique. Like at first it was funny and it was generic and it was kind of that, oh, what the hell moment. But then I was kind of like, it's kind of unique. The Washington football commanders team. just has such. USFL, CFL, whatever the fucking one it, that was it, around for a. It does. You're right. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a, such trash. It's you know what Washington Commanders vibes gives me the 19 late 80s, early 90s video game football where they haven't partnered with the league yet. So it's like the Washington Commanders, the New York Metropolitans. The Boston Chowders, the Florida Sharks, the California Sunshine. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I know. 
it, the, the Washington Commanders seems like something they would have done in any given Sunday because they couldn't partner with the NFL. Which good movie, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I would argue underrated football movie. The Commanders. Good. Fuck them. Well, like you said, I, I think it, it's curse, just curse of the Commanders. It's it's just you know Schneider's not really been making any good decisions since he became the head coach. These are I mean, the emails I want released. I want the emails released discussing the name. I want I want the whistleblower who's in there going, look at this, look at the email I wrote where I said it's fucking stupid, and Daniel Schneider fired me. And they had a lot of time on this, man. You have that that was a great tweet I saw from Jeff Perlman. Um, writer, wrote the Mets book, wrote the Showtime book, wrote all the stuff, uh, guest of the Joe Prano podcast for his USFL book. Um, he was like, you had two years to rebrand a team, and this is what you came up with? Like, what an opportunity. And this is what you came up with. But again, I, I think it's one of those things where you have so many people involved. It's all these people from PR and marketing and they want opinions and this think tank and all this shit. They just, that's why I said, just keep it. The Washington football team. I, I didn't, I say that from the beginning. You did. Also the commanders, like we're just, we're just diving into like the, the Washington DC based military industrial complex. Like this is our thing. The commanders. Now, look, like D.C., you think politics, you think. Obviously, the capital, like, like, I don't I don't know. I'm not. I guess I don't know enough about it. Like, I don't know what would be some other options. I, I did see, hogs. I, like, didn't they say it wasn't hogs? One of the things like you you had a built you have a built in semi mascot to your team already. Guys coming up dressed as the hogs. Like if they suddenly decided that Browns was uh, offensive, wouldn't they immediately go to the dogs and they'd be the Cleveland dog pound? Probably not because they're just as stupid, but like, oh, oh well, we've got to go with the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> like, okay. I, did I actually see, like the Guardians, though. I, well, I did see an interesting piece of the origin. I don't know if that was ESPN. I don't know where I saw it. I, I would suggest it to everybody where they just had a quick paragraph or two paragraphs on each NFL team's name after they released this name. And it was interesting. I guess funny you mentioned the Browns. I guess obviously it's named after founder Paul Brown. He did not want it. He refused it. The city had voted. The fans, it was like a vote. And they're like, we got to name it after you. You founded the team. And, he, and he's like, no. And they had some other name. And he's like, I don't. And then like, Basically, they just kept insisting that it was the Browns. But yeah, I, I I just don't understand. Commanders is so basic. It really is XFL, USFL, whatever, which, by the way, both are going to be happening in the next couple of years, which is hilarious to me. Schneider's just an idiot. At the end of the day, I mean... Uh, from the minute he became the owner, I don't know if you remember, his first thing was to sign an aging Deion Sanders yeah. to that hugely overpriced deal. That was like his first move as an owner. Throw all his money at Deion Sanders. 
who I love, I, by the way. I just still. imagine Snyder seeing the backlash to the name and the uniforms and like what spin he's going to take on it. I, if I had to guess, I'm just going to say he's uh, once again going to blame a Gruden. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't even, I didn't even fucking talk to, I even fucking emailed them about their goddamn uniforms. This is getting out of fucking control. I love this notion that John Gruden is the problem is like the cause of all NFL's problems. I mean, we're, t- we're 10 years away from John Gruden, like the ESPN, like investigates Gruden living alone in the jungle of Bali because he was like, it was a fucking five year period there. Every goddamn thing that happened, they fucking blame it on me. Every time that happened, they found a new fucking email. I wrote, I just picture him like, you know how he lived. He had a, he was one door. One house yeah. separating him and Derek Carr in Las Vegas. I picture him still there, and I picture him old school walking out as the sun's rising in the desert to pick up the newspaper. And I picture him opening that newspaper like he's sitting on the shitter, and he's like, "God damn it!" And I just picture the NFL blaming all this stuff with Flores, and he's like, "Me, me again? What, what? What did I do?" They're like, after a in-depth investigation, it turns out the manufacturer of the seatbelts in the rugs crash. Uh, John Gruden is a major investor. He's like, God fucking damn it. My financial advisor is fucking me now. It really is, Prano. I mean, like all jokes aside, it's one of the wildest things ever. Again, that no one's talking about, like, but us. They had 6,000 emails, a massive scandal. And the only thing leaked is John Gruden saying some racist shit. Like, that's the only thing that's been leaked is John Gruden. The, like the NFL took a 747 plane and they just drove it right or they, they landed it right through his house, just completely blowing the guy up. He's just sitting at home relaxing. And I love how they said there's no merit. There's no merit to his law. Like I've never seen a lawsuit with more merit in my entire life. Yeah. The guy was working for ESPN. Do you think Gruden will ever coach or be on TV again? Uh, he might be on TV again. I don't think he'll coach again. Not in the NFL. Coaching is done. I think so. I mean, it was it was shocking when he came back for the Raiders. What about college? I could see it. Who coaches in college first? I mean, he's already John- got he's already got visor life. You know, he's John Gruden life. Yeah, John Gruden or Urban Meyer. Who resurfaces first at the collegiate oh, level? Oh, I still think Urban. Still think Urban. Yeah, because college college boosters don't give a shit. Yeah. I could see that. Now college there's a- boosters are like, I got a daughter you can finger at the local Applebee's. He's like, <laughs> great. Just make sure you turn around the fucking Tulane green wave and make us national contenders. What'd you call them? Tulane, it's Tulane. I said Tulane. You always have. You don't say Tulane. Tulane. You call him Tulane. Yeah. Why do you I, call? It I don't Tulane? know how that's. I, listen, it's Nolans. You know, I mean, I've never heard Orleans. it pronounced Tulane. I don't know how it's fucking supposed to be pronounced. I always do it like two, like the number two, Tulane. It's it's like you used to always call it Publix, not Publix. I don't even know how the fucking it just seems like such a dumb word. And, and 
Publiques, that's how you say it. And what's another funny yeah. one you do? You do uh, Hyundai. Hi- well, that's just, you know, I'm just sounding out words. <laughs> you don't do Hyundai. You call it Hyundai. Yeah. I don't call it Toyota either. I, I say Toyota because there's a Y in there as well. By the way, I officially own my Hyundai. Uh, I officially own my little Corolla hatchback. Wow. Yeah. How many cars you got over there? Well, just uh, just my dad's old Accord, which really needs to be sold. The speaking of cars, the the Accord on the back just fell off the other day. It's been so okay. Like, just like you know the the logo just fell off, and yeah. I was like, I was like, man, this is depressing because this is like a this is like this is like deep on so many levels for me. Like my dad's old car. He's not here. Now the logo just is falling off. Yeah. The car. You, didn't, you didn't pull it off. It fell off on its own accord. <laughs> I'll be here all weekend. Try the, uh, the, <laughs> try the, the fish the sticks. <laughs> try the fish sticks. <laughs> I don't know. They always have shitty food yeah. at uh, comedy clubs. So there's a couple head coaching openings in the NFL. Which is crazy to bring it back real quick to the Flores thing. Like, you'd think he'd be in the running for the Texans and Saints head coaching openings. You'd think so. Did he ruin that, especially the Texans? Does he want to be the fucking Texans head coach? Who wants to be the Texans head coach? And, then, and again, we talked about his black head coaches. So he wants to go fail somewhere else and then be out of the league forever. I mean, first of all, no. But go be the New Orleans Saints head coach. You got a good defense. Yeah. You figure out your quarterback situation. That's true. Well, let's get to some calls before we do that. I want to do. Are more. the Vikings still needing a head coach now that Jim, I oh, yeah. Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh went and they said we're sticking with Kirk Cousins and Jim Harbaugh's like, I love college. Yeah. I love college football. Harbaugh sticking around. They're like, Kirk Cousins is a part of our long term plans. He's like, part of my long term plans is to go back to Ann Arbor and get some more khakis. I'm out of here. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're telling me I can live in a place that gets to minus 30 and coach Kirk Cousins? I'm good. I want to get to some calls because we have a lot of calls, but quickly, I want to go over this Jerry West story. Did you see this? Yeah, wild. Wild. I mean, I knew there was Jerry West Lakers pseudo beef, but I didn't realize... It was like a fuck the Lakers kind of thing. Well, I, you know, I, I hate it, to be honest. I, I hate seeing how they're treating Jerry West and the legend that he was not only for them as a player, but also as a general manager. It's, it's, it's almost like heartbreaking, to be honest, because yeah. he's 83 and it's just, it's just sad. So they've had a fallout for a while. And uh, I guess Jerry Buss promised him lifelong tickets. Yeah, because he's Jerry West. He's the NBA logo. He was for he was for a long time the greatest Laker ever. Like pre-modern NBA. It was Jerry West was the greatest Laker and the Lakers rescinded his 
lifelong tickets. Which like how why like what for what purpose? That's just petty. And they did it from a text message. Yeah. Which was especially difficult for Jerry West because he had to have somebody read it to him. He's like, I get texts. I mean, this guy's an 83 year old man from West Virginia. He's, He's not like, are you talking about. Are you talking about a telegram? They're like, no, a text message. He's like, isn't that a text message? You're like on your phone. I don't understand. On my phone that rings. I didn't get any calls. So he says it was a cold phone text to my wife. No one had to see. They texted his wife. They didn't even. I I bet you he doesn't even have text enabled on his phone. They had to text his wife. They're like, can you let Jerry know? No one had the nerve to call me, but that's how petty they are. And I love the Lakers. I love to see them do well. It's great for basketball. I'm proud of everything that happened when I was there. I'm proud of everything that happened when I was there. The positives. But sometimes you feel like you're discarded, like a piece of trash. And there's a couple of people over there, not Jeannie Bus, but there's a couple over there that I don't get it. I always had a great relationship with Jeannie. At least I thought I did. I don't know where it is now. And then when he was asked about reconciliation, he said, it's too late. I don't need to do that. So Jerry West, not only is he the NBA logo, so he won the title for the Lakers. I think he was in seven or eight straight finals. Yeah. 14 all-star teams. When he was in the front office, they won six titles. Yeah. The Showtime Lakers. He's the guy who traded for Kobe Bryant. He's yeah. the guy who's, who signed Shaq and got Phil Jackson. So he got six titles as a executive. It's unbelievable. It's it's just sad. Wasn't he the an exec in Memphis when they traded him Pow too? I'm pretty wasn't, sure he was. Wasn't the story like, oh, Jerry West is giving the Lakers another title? Yeah. He did great in Memphis. He obviously did great in Golden State for the Warriors. It's just sad, man. It's ridiculous. I can't believe, and like, you know, I know Jerry West isn't just like trying to go to Lakers games or whatever, but I can't believe, you know, Nicholson or whoever isn't like, no, you got seats, dude. They're right next to me. Come whenever you want. We'll just put a cardboard cutout of you in these seats until you decide you want to come. And, you know, Jeannie bus or any of the buses, you got to correct this. You, you can't have... You can't have a statue of Jerry West outside your arena. You can't have the NBA logo. Again, a guy who won one title as a player, like you said, was arguably the best Laker of all time before the modern era, then won another six as an executive. You can't have this guy being disrespected. I mean, if there's no Jerry West, there's no Kobe Bryant. There's no Shaquille O'Neal. There's no Phil Jackson. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a, a, a thing where like you just don't respect somebody. You don't understand the history. You texted his wife. Somehow I think John Gruden is involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> What's the spin on that? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have they didn't have uh, Jerry West's wife numbers. So they had to text Gruden. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Why am I texting her? 
They're like, cause you know her. He's like, come on, fuck. Why am I even involved? Now I'm in this fucking text chain. I don't want to be a group chat with the fucking Wests and the Lakers. I got enough shit going on. Oh, oh man. Well, we uh we have some calls that I'd like to get to and uh I'd like to update Jerry West on some other new technology. Something called ShipStation. Have you heard about ShipStation, Joe? If you got a- I have heard about it. They've yeah. advertised on our show for a little while. I yeah. love ShipStation. I'm getting ship done. Yeah. Well, Jerry West and anybody else who doesn't know about some of these technological advances, ShipStation is a great online place that you can sell your products. You can import from any sales channel. You can ship with any carrier access discounted shipping rates, automate just about any shipping task. You'll spend a lot less time on shipping and a lot more time on growing your business. And uh, it is, if you have any sort of small business or large business, doesn't matter. ShipStation will help you funnel all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. So Jerry West or Jerry West's wife, when you're getting messages that you've been banned from the Lakers, you can use that same phone to ship something back to the Lakers when you're very annoyed with them. Maybe, uh, I don't know, something that'll get them a little riled up. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to reserve that for later in the show, Joe. Uh, Ship station, ship more in less time. Just use our offer, Dirty, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free, no hassle, stress-free shipping, just go to shipstation.com, click on the microphone on the top of the page, and type in dirty. That's shipstation.com. Enter offer code D I R T Y. Shipstation, make ship happen. Okay, we have some calls. Now, last episode, I don't want to say last episode. I think it was last week. We obviously went off about the baseball writers and all those things. And, uh, you know, we'd asked, Hey, what do you guys think about some of this stuff and the hall of fame and in particular some younger dirt balls. So I, I want to play, um, I want to play a couple calls that were regarding to baseball. Great. And, uh, we'll start off with, uh, an interesting call, which, I like the, uh, I don't know if this is even sarcasm or uh, he's being legit, but let's, uh, let's play this call. Hey, Joe and Andy, this is Dawson from beautiful Bellingham, Washington. We just listened to the most recent episode of the pod and you guys were talking about the baseball hall of fame. First of all, I agree with all of your guys' points. It's an absolute sham and it's an absolute shit show. Mermaid and I were talking about it earlier today. Um, and about your points about David Ortiz versus Barry Bonds. What I thought of was if they're going to keep all the PED users out from that era, which was caused by the MLB and their inaction, um, great, keep them out. They cheated, they broke the rules, whatever. Like you guys said, be consistent. So be consistent. All of the pitchers that came out this year that were using sticky stuff, like Garrett Cole, like other pitchers, all these top pitchers, keep them out. Don't let them in. They cheated. Same as PEDs. They cheated. Made them better pitchers. We saw a lot of guys dip off in performance because they couldn't use the sticky stuff anymore. And we learned from all the investigations and everything it has been going on for decades, just like PEDs. So if you want to be consistent, you want to keep out the PED users because you caused that problem, cool. You caused the sticky stuff problem, too. You made your bed. You got to lie in it. 
If you're going to keep the PED usage up, you have to keep out literally every pitcher in the history of baseball for the past 30 years. Oh, and while you're at it, keep that Astros team out too. Please, for the love of God. I don't want to hear the conversation when that day comes. Just my take. I want to see what you guys think about keeping literally every pitcher out of the Baseball Hall of Fame from now until the end of time. Stay dirty, boys. I mean, he's got a point. I mean, like, I'm totally, I'm totally fine with Degrom being the only Hall of Famer from here on out. Um, but I mean, this is exactly the thing. This is exactly the the situation that they get themselves in by doing this. But the flip side of it is they they have not put themselves in a pun intended sticky situation by doing this because the baseball writers of America ha- feel no. Uh, responsibility to justify their decisions to anybody ever. And the idea that those are the people who make that decision is why it's so horrible. Let's just fix the whole thing by not making it baseball writers with fucking axes to grind, making the decision on who gets into the hall of fame or who doesn't. It's stupid because yeah, like theoretically it would be like, okay, well now that you've made this rule, cheaters don't get in. This would be the thing. But they don't do that because, again, we've seen it. We've seen it this year. Like the the rule is if you were tied to PEDs, you don't get in. David Ortiz failed the test. David Ortiz is in. So these guys are making their own determination on what is and what isn't justified cheating, proved cheating, whatever. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the lack of consistency. But they don't care. They I know. don't care. And no one holds them to it. What, why? Why are not? Unless they don't want like like wh- every wh- single person who signs up for a online is- gambling account now has a lifetime ban. Like P Rose. Yeah. I I just don't understand why people are not holding these people accountable. Bring them on shows. Bring them in the mainstream. Why did you vote for this and not vote for this? What's your rationale? Don't hide. Be transparent about it. I got a call. It's going to fire you up, Mr. Prano. Great. Can't wait to hear it. I was, I was kind of interested about this, where this one came from, but okay. uh, is this a baseball call? Yeah. Okay. What's up, fellas? It's you again. So I've been a day drinking with my buddy. So I just got back on the fucking podcast. Every fucking baseball conversation the hatred, Joe, you're so fu- – I think you're in another life you wish. You probably suck Derek Jeter's dick. Every conversation comes back to fucking Derek Jeter. Why do you hate him so much? What the fuck? He gave herpes everyone. He was fucking single, and he gave a gift basket. What a nice guy. He wasn't married fucking some whores. Who gives a shit? And every herpes person he gives to was a famous fucking badass chick from back then. Your hatred for him – I get you're a Mets fan and you haven't seen shit your entire life. Of a, you've never probably, I don't know how old you really are, 40-something. Uh, I don't know how old you, you were when they won, you know, whatever. But your fucking hatred for the Yankees in general, but for Derek Jeter specifically, you would give him a rub and tug if he was in a fucking Met uniform. Just, just admit, he's great. He's a Hall of Famer, 100%, 99%. Who gives a fuck? You wish... 
every night in the fake God you don't believe in. I know you don't believe in God. You just scam. I get it. But you would pray to have Derek Jeter in a Mets uniform. Just give up. Derek Jeter's great. He fucks tons and tons of women. He's a Hall of Famer. Stop hating on Derek Jeter. Fucking, uh... Well, so many levels to respond to why, first of all, no, I wouldn't want Derek Jeter as a Met. Absolutely not. I would have never wanted Derek Jeter as a Met in his prime because if the Mets had Derek Jeter, they didn't have the money to put around Derek Jeter, the top free agent three hitter to hit behind him the top free agent four hitter to hit behind that five of the top 10 pitchers in baseball on the staff. So then we would have just had a $190 million, no range shortstop that would you don't want Derek Jeter to be a Met. Derek Jeter wouldn't be in the hall of fame. If Derek Jeter was a Met, Derek Jeter is in the hall of fame because he was part of championship teams and stat uh, and compiled hits. The dude never won a fucking batting title. The dude never fucking won an MVP. The dude never fucking. The dude was a member. He was the captain of championship teams. Like, there's no more delusional baseball fan than Yankee slash Derek Jeter stands. Every year, you went out and got the guys. You went out and got Giambi. You went out and got A-Rod, Tino Martinez, fucking Paul O'Neill. Every goddamn year. Whoever the guy was, oh, there's a guy from Japan. Give him $50 million. Get, get fucking Clemens. Get fucking Pettit. Get Jack McDowell. Get all these guys. All, all the fucking guys. All the guys that won World Series MVPs. That won fucking MVPs. No, where are you Yankee fans that just can't suck A-Rod's dick? A-Rod shits better shortstops than Derek Jeter. Okay, so first of all, no, I don't want some fucking single slap hitting, no range shortstop to get $190 million to play for the Mets so they can surround them with fucking Jeremy Burnitz and fucking, you know, Andy Chavez and we win fucking 60 games a year. Thanks. I'm good. Uh, Francisco Lindor just got hammered by the media for having better seasons than fucking Derek Jeter had. Now. We also get into my hatred of Derek Jeter separate from the Yankees. And there is look at what I have argued about in my whole time as the host of the dirty sports podcast. I am a LeBron stand because you all underrate LeBron. I am a Kirk cousins hater. Cause you all overrate Kirk cousins. I'm a Russell Wilson truther. Cause I believe he's overrated. I'm a Kobe Bryant truther. Cause I believe he's overrated. I hate it when people get all these accolades and love for doing what exactly Derek Jeter is the most overrated athlete in the history of professional baseball. We're talking about Omar Vizquel can't get into the this. And the other reason is again, the hypocrisy of it. Omar Vizquel, it was a, and world's better fielder than Derek Jeter and put him on the Yankees. And those Yankees teams might've been better with Omar Vizquel at shortstop than Derek Jeter, but he can't get in because he like grabbed the ass of a bat boy. 
Meanwhile, Derek Jeter in with 100% of the vote because he was surrounded with the best players in baseball while simultaneously giving people herpes. It's, again, the the hypocrisy of you're going to hold these guys accountable for some weird sexual proclivities that they had off the field, but not Derek Jeter because the golden boy who couldn't field his fucking position once dove into the stands and bumped his eye on the fucking thing. Derek Jeter is the ultimate glue guy, but glue guys don't fucking, you're not supposed to get a hundred percent of the hall of fame vote. Craig Biggio is Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is Craig Biggio. But meanwhile, it's like, hey, it's Biggio's last chance to get in. Are we getting Craig Biggio in? I don't know. Is Craig Biggio a Hall of Famer? Why doesn't Craig Biggio get 100% of the vote? Why doesn't Craig Biggio get 100% of the vote? Because he didn't play on the Yankees? You really wouldn't. Hypocrisy. Truth about who the guy was and who the guy wasn't. And the Yankees think, yeah, I fucking hate Derek Jeter for being on the Yankees. But like, no, I don't want I the Derek, Derek Jeter leaving the Yankees and coming and signing that hundred million dollar, hundred ninety million dollar deal with the Mets would have ended the there would be no Mets franchise right now. So that's your reasoning. All of those things for not okay, yeah. Well, look, man, the the Jeter, I I see similarities with. Jeter and Kobe, as far as the marketing and the brand, I don't know if you've been following, and it's 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 an abomination. Have you followed this recent ESPN thing of ranking the, the greatest baseball players? Sure. I think they had Bonds. First of all, they had Babe Ruth number one. Which just just stop. Can we stop with the Babe Ruth stuff? Can we stop? Can we just stop with the Babe Ruth stuff? He played in an era where there wasn't even integration. And I, and I always say that. Dude, if you only white people could play, get out of here with that stuff. Like, you're not even on my list if there wasn't integration. But they had, first of all, they had Bonds, I think, at 8th or 12th, which, which was ridiculous. They ranked Jeter higher than Albert Pujols. And, 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 to, and to, That's insanity. And that's my point. To me, it, it goes back to this this marketing and just the personality and he was New York and the captain and to put from a skill level to put poo holes below Jeter. It's, 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 it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm going Derek Jeter is 94th on the career war list. The guy played 20 fucking years. He's 94th. Ozzie Smith is 72nd. Where was the Ozzie Smith 100% of the ballot? Chipper Jones is 51. Where's Chipper Jones? You're 100%. There's no doubt about it that you're Chipper Jones. You're getting 100% of the vote. Albert Pujols is 32. And Bonds is four. All right. So we discussed Jimmy G and where he could go. And, and we got a call, I, I think, uh, of some spots that I didn't think of that I think could be some possibilities. 
Hey, Joe and Andy, this is Dawson from beautiful Bellingham, Washington. We are just listening to the podcast while I was working out, and Joe made a point about Jimmy G asking uh, where would be a realistic situation for him to end up. Uh, I've been thinking about it, talking about it with my roommate. Where does he go after this? Because he's pretty much done in San Francisco. And I think his role is more so because this is a weak QB draft. I think only because it's a weak QB draft that he could go to a QB needy team like a Pittsburgh Steelers, like a New Orleans Saints, teams like that, that might draft a developmental QB this year. And I think what Jimmy G will be for a coach and a GM is saving them a year on their contract, saving them a year of their job. Because it won't be quite bad enough to go like 4-12 and 12 or whatever, have a rookie or the quarterback go 5-12 and you know 12 and get fired. You know They're buying themselves an extra year of the contract. Uh, that's just what I think about the Jimmy G situation. Let me see if you guys have any other questions, any other comments on that. Stay dirty, boys. I think that's a fair point of, you know, if you have a team like a Saints or Steelers that already have a good defense, when you get Jimmy G while you're looking for your next quarterback, hey, sign him for one or two years, draft somebody. Hey, we well, can that, go. And, and that's what I said, right? Is like, you're not going to, you can't draft him to win. Or sorry, you can't you can't sign him to win, and you can't sign him if you already have a young QB. Because why would you want? I mean, that's exactly what the Niners are doing. They're like, we'll take our chances with a young QB instead of taking our chances with Jimmy G. Um, so yeah, that's that's where it ends up. But like, so what? Pit Pittsburgh? I don't hate it. it like w- with what he's saying, as far as. Wow, this is they do say this is a weaker college class. Let's say Pittsburgh's like, I don't like any of these guys. Jimmy G can win us, you know, nine, 10, 11 games with that defense. Hell, we we won nine games this year with that defense. He can hold court, so to speak, the same way, right? Well, it's if you're the Steelers, it'd be better than Mason Rudolph, it's better than Trevor Simeon. Sure, I don't know. So here's a call, by the way, hotline as a quick reminder, 310-359-8365. Here's a call for you, Joe. I think he wants some clarification on, on some things that you've said. I I'll, I already clarify why Derek Jeter is the most overrated player in sports history. Jesus, Jesus you fucking yeah. fans. Yeah, it's not Jeter. It's okay. football. What's up, guys? Matt from St. Louis, OG Dirt Ball. Second call of the day. Um, Prano just... Well, let me backtrack and say I love this Cincinnati team. I think Ruther's been wrong about him all year, and I've kind of loved that he's been wrong about it all year. But I'm, I'm a little confused because Prano always says Super Bowl or Bust League, which that has always confused me. So why are we throwing a parade for them making the conference championship? Um, weigh in, please. Stay dirty. Oh, this is – yeah. So – a hundred percent. It's a super bowl or bus league, which the, my point when I say super bowl or bus league is you may as well, if you don't, if you're not att- trying to win the super bowl, then you may as well just not fucking try it all. You, like, I hate to go full, you know, uh, Miami owner, Cleveland, Ross. Owner, but like, yeah. yeah, but, but you, like the goal has to be to win a super bowl. The idea, the difference between baseball and basketball and football is we've seen it. The Detroit lions are selling out their Thanksgiving game when I'm telling them they should be rioting. Cause people are like, we love football. We go through football games. 
So the point of the Super Bowl or bust league is you don't need to put a competitive team on the field to make money. You don't need to put a competitive team on the field to sell tickets. The, the end game in, in football has to be the Super Bowl. I don't think that saying it's a world series or bust league makes sense because I mean, you can make money being a, a terrible football team. You can't make money. You can't just survive just being like, we're going to trot out the worst baseball team every year forever. And if you do, you better be so fucking low budget. And that's why you never like, that's why the difference between the, N- the NFL and major league baseball, you have low salary teams, high salary teams in the NFL. Everybody. That's why there's parody in the NFL. Everybody's playing on the same thing. There is no Oakland A's who are like, look, we won nine games, but we did it with no money. It's like, that's not how this fucking works. You, everybody's got the same salary cap. Everybody's got the same opportunities you need to win because otherwise what are we doing here and so that's why you the the tank for Tua the tank for luck the tank for Trevor Lawrence the tank for Burrow that that the Dolphins want to do it is a good strategy because if you're not going to go to the Super Bowl and you're not going to win the Super Bowl then yeah you may as well be the fucking one seed you know, the one or the one overall draft pick. If your problem is we can't win the Super Bowl, we don't have a quarterback. First things first, get a quarterback. So that's the thing. Now, with the, what I said about the Cincinnati Bengals team, why is it? It's like, first of all, this is the Cincinnati Bengals. They hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. The the why they should have a parade is you're doing it. You're like for all the years that you were a bust, 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 bust. Now you are competing for a Super Bowl. You were in the mix. You're you're playing uh, home playoff games. You are going to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, so you're in that mix, Super Bowl or bust. The what you don't want if you're a Bengals team, and they skipped over it, is they went. Oh, and whatever, one and whatever, four and whatever. And now they're playing in a Super Bowl. They skip the part that the Super Bowl or busting is. is don't go eight and nine. Yeah. The, uh, I, I, I know everybody is like, why is this guy attacking Kirk Cousins so regularly? Because he is the embodiment of what I'm talking about. You are overpaying a guy to be eight and nine and get your fucking coaching staff fired. You're better off ha- going two and 15 then then paying Kirk Cousins 30 million dollars to go in that because you're not close the the Bengals did it they are they bust 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 they got the guy they wanted and now they can achieve a Super Bowl my point with oh put it like give him a parade is dude you did it yeah you get to the AFC championship game and you play a competitive game against the Chiefs you are showing that you are now in the Super Bowl conversation for as long as you have this quarterback, this coach, this these weapons, whatever. That's sure. the point. When I say Super Bowl or bust, it's like be a Super Bowl contender. Be somebody that says they can win a Super Bowl or don't win five games. Or be striving, right, to get to that position, which now is basically your quarterback, right? And, and you got to find that guy 
who can do it. So like take Tennessee right now, they're there, but not in the quarterback position, I would argue. So Tennessee is a prime example. Like they got to figure out something. I don't know who that is to find that quarterback. Right. But if you're the one seed and you have, and you don't have the quarterback, okay, now you can go shop for a quarterback. Sure. Right. If you're the Vikings, you're eight and nine, right? Can they, if, sure. If they go get Aaron Rodgers, they're Super Bowl contenders. Right. But if they go get like, are the, d- does anybody who looks at the Vikings roster think that they're, you know, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? I don't think the, the Vikings are Russell Wilson away from being Super Bowl contenders. So now what are you doing? You're just going to be eight and nine. So now who can you shop for? By the way, you're already spending $30 million on your quarterback, which is laughable. But if you have this running back that you got in the draft a couple of years ago, and you have a defense that has been shitty lately, but like now, obviously they've, they've fired their coach. So that's a whole different thing. But if you had a, a coach who could put together a good defense when it wasn't, when it wasn't paying a quarterback $30 million, why don't you just be bad and draft a QB? Yeah. When you had, I mean, honestly, what the Vikings did is what they absolutely should have done. They just did it with the wrong fucking guy. They were, they had a team good enough to get case Keenum to the NFC championship game. So good. Go hit a home run with your quarterback and you are super bowl or bust. Instead. They were like, what if we get Kirk cousins to go eight and nine for the rest of the fraternity? Cool. That works too. I guess if you hate your fans, Yeah, you, you you need I, I yeah I've always understood what you said and I get it and you're right the Bengals did I mean they they went they won four games and now they're the what is it they're the biggest turnaround since the '99 or was it '98 '98 or '99 Rams team that won it and and the point is is that you have to start somewhere too once you get yourself into the mix of being contenders you got to start somewhere. And the Bengals going from nowhere to an AFC championship game. Like I said, if you if you lose an AFC championship game in, to the Chiefs in Burrow's second season and Burrow's first full season, then you have said, we are Super Bowl contenders. Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. Well, you need to have that expectation. Right. I, I think a lot of teams don't have that. Or a lot of fan bases don't have that. Like you could say right now, dude, the the way the ball bounces, a play here, a play there. The Bengals could win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs could have won the Super Bowl. The Bills could have won the Super Bowl. Sure. Now we now now go down. Mm, Tennessee, what do you need to be able to win the Super Bowl? Seems like you need a quarterback. So what do you do now? Do you go out and you spend on one? Do you give up some draft capital to get one? Look at what the Rams did. The Rams have a good enough squad and a good enough coaching staff, and they had a good enough, you know, personnel guys to be like, we can be in the mix every year. But yo, if we can't win the Super Bowl, if we can't win the Super Bowl, then does playing one, does winning one playoff game, is that even better than just being the worst team in the league? 
I, so, I think you're so right. So let's go trade all our draft capital that we have and get Jalen Ramsey and Matt Stafford and Von Miller and Odell Beckham and like do all the things you have to do and go all in and win a fucking Super Bowl. I think the Rams, they really are the blueprint if you look at it. I mean, they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. The next year, they don't make the playoffs. But they still go nine and seven. The year after that, they win one playoff game. With a backup. Yeah, with a backup. Then they say, look, we just, we can't do this. I, I, I mean. We well, what they we, said is, what they said is we're at a, we're at a, we're, we're sitting we've on a the fence ceiling. Here. Yeah, we've reached the we're ceiling. We're sitting on a fence here. We either go, fuck it. Let's win four games the next year. Keep the base that we have. Try to do this again. Not make Jared Goff the pick. Or we fucking nut up and ship a bunch of first rounders out there and get Matthew Stafford. And I would argue. And here least, they are in the Super Bowl, at least in my lifetime. This is like the first quote unquote, you could argue maybe last year's Bucks, like a super. Yeah, I think the last year's Bucks is very similar, right? They say, OK, we're going to sign for net. We're going to bring Antonio Brown in. We're bringing Gronk in. It's like th these teams that are just straight going for it and creating, I don't know if you want to call it a super team, so to speak, because you have a lot of veterans that are trying to win a title. But to me, that's the blueprint. Yeah, because and also, again, you have to think about cap situations. You can't bring in all those guys and develop for the future. Yeah, you're going all in for the one title which I wish more teams would do. But you got to be close. You got to be close. You got to have the base and then, sure. and then be close. And that's the thing is like, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and again, they made it to the Super Bowl, but if you're in the AFC Championship game and you lose a good game to the Chiefs, hang the banner at, that says, we have the fucking base. And now go, what's our issue? Oh, our offensive line isn't good? Fine. We're going to nut up and get the best free agent tackle in the league. Cause we are super bowl or we're in super bowl or bust mode. But when you're talking about a team, like you go across the league, we're talking jets, lions, Bengals, Browns. These teams are horrific historically. Sure. Horrific. So yeah, it's a super bowl or bust league. But for teams like that, we got to start somewhere Yeah, to a fucking conference championship game. Give them a banner and be like, we're here. We're doing it. It's happening. We're going to we're we're on our way. I mean, think about the Jets. Glad you brought that up. How many straight AFC championship games did Sanchez go to Two. Yeah. I mean, that's what they needed. They they had the pieces like they were right there. They just didn't have the quarterback. They were right there. But like you said, they didn't want to nut up. They, they didn't want to pull the trigger early because it was early in his career, just like it was early in Jared Goff's career. I think I think we will look back on this historically. Right. And then but then you get the situation right where you're like, well, they also had a quarterback on a rookie contract, which is why they were able to go out and get the Bart Scotts and get uh, go out sure. to get the Thomas Jones and go out to get the Ladanian Tomlinson. D and go out to get the guy. Yeah. But, get but, the dudes who made running the ball and playing defense possible. But I'll say this. I was going to say, looking back historically, I think 
especially if they win, more if they win. If the Rams win, and that's a big if, what, what, the, what they did to get rid of Goff, I would argue, is one of the ballsiest moves ever. The guy had just taken them. I don't want to say taken them because it was a team effort, and I don't think he led them. But Goff was the starting quarterback on a Super Bowl team that was right there that was only losing three to nothing after three quarters against the Patriots in 2018. Just two, yeah, just two years removed. But Sean, now it's going to be, and now it's going to become a commonplace thing because other people have gotten on board. You're looking at Shanahan who goes to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G who beats the Packers in Lambeau with Jimmy, Jimmy G who's up 10 points in NFC championship game to go to another Super Bowl with Jimmy G. He's not going to be quarterbacking there next year. Yeah. Because they're like, this is the ceiling. Yeah. It's a good point. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. We'll do lots of calls next week leading up to the Super Bowl. If we didn't play your call today, I have a lot in the tank right now. So call in with any questions, comments, concerns. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Dirty Sports. Thanks for all the podcast reviews. If you leave one on Apple, leave your Twitter, Instagram handle. If you leave one or if you leave a review or a five-star rating, I should say on Spotify, just send a screenshot to me and I will reach it back out to you for some koozies. Joe Prano, where can they see you live? You can see me live uh, tomorrow night at the Hollywood Improv if you're in the Los Angeles area. I've got a bunch of shows coming up for the next couple months in LA and San Diego. You can find all those on JoePrano.com. If you're in the Midwest, February 17th through 20th with Eddie Ift, uh, Zanies in Rosemont, Zanies in Chicago, Milwaukee Improv, um, Colorado run coming together for April. Um, so yeah, stay in the loop all at joeprano.com or at fix your life on Twitter at joeprano on Instagram, TikTok, and all other social media. All right, that is our show. You guys have a great weekend. That's it. I don't think I have anything else to plug. All right. Have a great weekend. Much love and support. And as always, stay dirty.